Pamela Schuller jokes that it was that old talk show host, Maury Povich, who first diagnosed her Tourette syndrome. A young adult reform Jewish youth advisor, Schuller goes on to explain that when her mother watched that television episode when she was a little girl, she realized, the mom realized, that the symptoms were exactly like her daughter's. One week later, Pamela Schuller was officially diagnosed by a doctor with Tourette syndrome. Tonight, we are talking about overcoming the stigma of mental illness in this community. And so I hesitate to open with a story of a young adult with Tourette's. Tourette syndrome is not a mental illness. It is a neurological disorder characterized by involuntary movements and noises called tics. Whereas when we speak of mental illness, we think of crippling depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, psychosis, and schizophrenia. I could not help but start with Pamela's story. She explains that by eighth grade, she was kicked out of her temple. Her noises and movements simply could not be tolerated. Had a reformed Jewish camp not decided with full knowledge of her Tourette syndrome to hire Pamela as a counselor, we might know nothing about her because, rejected by her family temple, she likely would have drifted away from Judaism for good. If we are to be honest, all too many synagogues in America have a history of discomfort toward congregants with disabilities, disorders, and differences. I have shared with many of you in the past my own story of my own sister, Lori, who with early evidence of schizophrenia, psychosis, and bipolar disorder was essentially kicked out of our temple. They didn't literally bar her entrance, but rather made her feel supremely unwelcome. My sister Lori, if you ever meet her, and I hope you will, is the least threatening person you will ever meet. So it wasn't a fear of her doing harm to the community. Her difference simply made people uncomfortable. Pamela's synagogue could not deal with her noises. I wonder nationally how many Jews have felt kicked out of their own synagogue for making others feel uncomfortable. Congregation Emmanuel and most Reformed temples I know have made progress since my sister's and Pamela Schuller's experience of being kicked out of temple. But if we are to be honest with ourselves, the stigma of mental illness continues. At a temple oneg after services, if a friendly congregant said, tell me more about you, tell me about your family, how many of us would mention depression, anxiety, or mental illness? 
our own, or our family members. No, we tend to keep that hidden. Why? Perhaps we feel that it marks us somehow, it embarrasses us, it's too personal. And I'm not suggesting that we all go and spill our guts over mac and cheese. But the effect of us rarely mentioning it is that we end up thinking that it is ours is one of very few families managing mental health issues. One thing I can tell you is that both here and in Seattle, many parents confide in me and here in all of our clergy about their own children's bouts with anxiety and depression. Not the normal ups and downs that we are all subject to, but diagnosable ongoing depression. And each swears me and all the clergy here to secrecy. And of course, we maintain that confidentiality. But I have seen four or five of these families shoulder to shoulder in the same room, and it feels isolating that no one knows that they are in very good company. I could do that thing where I ask you to stand if you have ever struggled with mental illness. Then I would ask everyone to stand who has anyone, any family member with mental illness. And I would ask everyone to stand who knows someone with mental illness. And my guess is that the majority of us would be standing. I wasn't gonna do it, but you're very brave and that's where it starts. This is where it starts. Thank you. I will tell you that according to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, approximately one in five adults in the US and one in five youths aged 13 through 18 experiences a severe mental disorder at some point during their life. When she speaks about the reform movement camp that drew her back into the Jewish community, Pamela Schuller is eloquent. The reform summer camp hired her as a counselor knowing about the Tourette syndrome, knowing even that she would likely let fly an expletive that would not be good for campers to hear. The camp based its decision on core Jewish values, core values like B'Tselem Elohim, we are all created in God's image. Core values like Hila Kadoshah, we strive to be a holy community. Every person in this room has something that makes us unique. Every person in this room has particular gifts that are ours alone. And each of us has our own challenges. It may be mental illness, but maybe not. It may be a personality challenge, maybe not. Whatever it is, let us embrace every person who wants to be part of the Jewish community. 
With our low numbers, we can hardly afford to alienate anyone. And with our Jewish values, it is unconscionable to alienate any child of God. And as Pamela teaches from experience, let us not pat ourselves on the back when a person with any kind of difference comes here. As she reminds us, I am not your mitzvah project. Instead, let us celebrate each person and learn and grow with everyone who brings their uniqueness here. We are so glad to welcome it. Let us intentionally work together to help our own selves and our synagogue do a better job of being a home for everyone. Pamela jokes that at the first summer as a camp counselor, every once in a while, an expletive like blank, flew out of her mouth. All the other counselors would stand up and call out in chorus, blank is a bad word. What they did and what we can do is to normalize the experience and the presence of all who enter this building, not by staring, not by whispering, not sending signals that someone is not welcome here if they are different. Perhaps most importantly, do not ignore them. Walk up, say hello, push through your personal boundary of reserve, introduce yourself, start a conversation. You could say, what do you think of the mac and cheese? What can we do? As individuals, let's start by not pretending that the stigma around mental illness is of yesteryear. The stigma persists. True change takes a long time, and it is a process. Each of us supports the process of change by consciously normalizing the reality of our own personal or family mental illness, and that there will be people in our midst, visible and invisible, who are living with this challenge. Let us seek out God's spirit in each person we meet. Individually, we can support organizations that advocate for better treatment solutions and a stronger national safety net. Meet a few of the reps of these organizations at the tables out in the foyer after services. Consider making a donation after Shabbat to one or more of them to support their work. As a temple, we can continue to work together to change the culture here, to break down the stigma. This will take time and conscious effort. We are thankful to a group of congregants in the Tzedek Council, our Tzedek Social Justice Council, who are already leading these efforts. Talk to members of the well-being group after services. Join their group. Let's hear more stories like Lori Campbell's tonight. No one should ever feel kicked out of this temple. No one should ever come in and walk out and feel invisible. Next week, we will read from the heart of our Torah, God's command, and you shall be a holy people because I, your God, am holy. This command is spoken to everyone, those living with mental illness, 
and those living side by side with others who live with mental illness. Kadosh Tehu, to be a holy person, to be a holy congregation, to overcome the stigma. That is what we strive toward. Shabbat Shalom.